0: Hey guys, I have a challenging question for you today. Do you have a consistent quiet time with the Lord? Do you spend quality time with your creator, with your God every day? Quality time can be 10 minutes, it can be an hour, but do you spend quality time with him? Yes or no? Is this a habit in your life? I bet it's only a habit for a handful of people that I know. And I'm not talking about listening to Christian music, which can be very encouraging, or going to small group, or even saying a really quick prayer, going to church, talking to your friends about God... Even doing a Bible study where you're reading and answering questions really quick, and then going to church, and um, you know, with a group of women answering those questions, or going to a counselor, or coach, where God is the topic of conversation. I'm talking about getting alone with no other people around and communing with God, not in your brain not intellectually, emotionally, <laughs> like on a heart level, are you doing this? Are you submitting your energy and your worries and your anxieties and your needs? Are you asking him for direction and for wisdom? Like, are you actually doing this? I'm going to go with like 90% of professing Christians. If that's a high number, I know, but lack the power and the peace and the direction that they could have if they would be asking God for those things daily. I know this to be true, y'all, because I still struggle with it. I struggle with it. You know, back when I was single, life was a lot harder, to be honest. <laughs> um there was a lot more sadness, I would say, in my life. And so I had to kind of cling to the Lord. I mean, I either had to ignore that emotion and the reality of time passing and just the struggles, the like deep struggles and questions and loneliness. And sometimes, just feelings of rejection or being left out or boredom or whatever the things that might come with one uh with singleness um you either have to you know have some kind of addiction being shopping or whatever or some kind of um unhealthy amount of just keeping yourself busy or you have to go there and you have to admit those feelings and admit what's really going on in your life and that's what I would do um I would go there but because that was such a staple part of my life for 20 years, some of that pain and some of those questions, so was the Lord. I mean, I had no other answer except to cry out to Jesus to comfort me. So that's where my habit of journaling and things like that, that I talk about a lot on here, became just such a fundamental part of my daily existence. Like, I feel sad today, Lord. I feel lonely. I feel left out. I feel confused. I feel angry. I need you to come in, in this moment, in this physical moment and encourage my spirit and strengthen my body and bring joy to my soul because I'm sad. I'm like actually sad or I'm, I'm actually hurting, you know, and, and there was, it was almost like. I had no other option but God, and he always met me there. He always met me there. Now, I've been married for a year and two months now, and guess what? I've got another option. So this other option is not does not take the place of God, but what I want to remind you married ladies of is that it can sometimes be easier. It's just easier to like call your husband or text your husband or get a hug from your husband. Though that doesn't hit the same level, he's not God. Um, it's a quicker fix, I would say, and an easier fix. And I don't think there's much spiritual warfare against that fix because I don't think Satan cares much if we're relying too heavily on another person. Satan will be like, Okay, but on a spiritual plane, there will always be our flesh and just you know, spiritual forces that are coming up against us and trying to prevent us from communing with God, because that is where our power comes from. That is where our peace comes from. That is where our joy, our strength, our energy, that is where humans become more like Christ and more powerful for the kingdom. So there's always going to be a war waged against that. Um, So married women, hear me and hear me well. Your husbands cannot do for your soul what the Lord and time with the Lord can do for your soul. Not that husbands aren't a blessing because they are, but they do not take the place of quality alone time with your creator. They don't. And for single women, I want that to encourage you as well. Like the most power, the most, and I do keep using these same words, but the most power, peace, And wisdom that you're going to find in your life doesn't come from a husband someday who's going to be your quote-unquote spiritual leader. It doesn't. Uh, You have full access to it right now as a single woman. Uh, So all this to say, how, like, are you making this a priority in your life or not? Everything stems from this. Everything stems from this. And I know. What you're gonna, what you're thinking right now, or what you're gonna say to me. I'm too busy. I don't have any alone time. I don't wanna get up earlier. I don't sleep good enough as it is. I need my sleep uh, at nighttime when the kids finally go to bed. I need some quality time with my husband. I work and I have kids. Uh, or there's just always reasons. We always make excuses. But I wanna read you guys some verses here really quick about just what does the Bible say about being in the presence of the Lord, okay? And then we'll consider, i will just let these speak to your soul. Isaiah 118, the Lord says, please come and let us reason together. Even though your sins are like scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Though they are crimson, they'll become like wool. What he's saying there is, don't stay away from me just because you're in sin or because you feel bad about your sin. Like, Come to me anyway. I'll forgive you of your sins if you ask for forgiveness, and we'll talk about your situation. I mean, what a verse. Isaiah 118, please come and let us reason together, implores the Lord. Now, he's talking to the nation here of Israel, but we are a part of that nation. I mean, once you get saved, we are a part of the children of God. So he is talking still to us. This verse applies to us. James 4, 8, come close to God and he will come close to you. Or as some versions say, draw near to the Lord and he will draw near to you. What this, what I love about this verse is the display of how God respects human free will. So this verse does not say that God is going to come knocking on your door and push your door down and force himself you know, into your library and drag your arm and make you sit down and spend time with him. It doesn't say that it says, come close to God and he will come close to you. You know, (laughs) we're also told in the Bible, knock and the door will be opened. So over and over and over, the Bible does paint a picture of the fact that God is not going to force his presence on us He will come to the door. He will present an opportunity. He will maybe lay it on your heart. He will always answer when you call. But he will not. He will not do it for you. James 4.2, you want what you don't have. So you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have. But you can't get it. So you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. This is kind of a modern version of this verse, but what it's saying is our human inclination when we have needs or wants is to go get it, to make a plan, to figure out what's wrong, to figure out what needs to be done, to label it, to define it, to our human instinct is how can I get what I want right now? my own power, instead of our first instinct to be ask God first. Now, oftentimes when we ask God for something or if we need something or if there's just just anything in our life, it could be a a difficult relationship. It could be a dream or a desire we have. Oftentimes when we go to God and ask him for it, he will tell us what our part in it is. He's not just going to like ding, magically make it appear or magically fix that person. But when we go to him with the need, he'll tell us, do this, do that, try this. Like he'll prompt us what to do next. And yet God is like, but I'm God. And I'm like right here. I'm not only am I right here able to give you the thing you want or fix the problem in your life. But I'm also right here to tell you how to do it if I want you to do it or to wait if I want you to wait or what you might need to learn in the... Like, He is all-knowing. You're not. I'm not. <laughs> like, our God is all-knowing. And yet, we scheme, and we fight, and we try to figure stuff out on our own, and we go to Him last. Matthew 14, 23... sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Now, this is an account of Jesus, Jesus finding time to be alone and to pray. Okay, Jesus himself communing with the father. If Jesus needs to do it, we need to do it. In Luke 11, when the disciples, uh, once Jesus was in a certain place praying and he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. So just a word there that like, if this this, uh, podcast today is starting to stir something up in you, if your soul is starting to go, yeah, I don't spend enough time with the Lord. I don't show him my heart. I don't. Ask him to take my burdens. I don't ask him to help me solve my problems every day. Uh, He's kind of my last resort instead of my first resort. This verse here is just an encouragement to start by asking him to teach you how to do it. Okay. You could turn this podcast off right now and just pray and say, Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to spend time with you. Lord, I do want to go to you first, but I don't know how. Help me. That's a great place to start. In Psalm 46, 10, we get the amazing verse, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Okay, friends, how often are you still? How often are you still? This is very hard to do. But can you just go there with me for a second and imagine a rhythm in your life? Again, it could be 10 minutes. It could be 10 minutes. In fact, some of you might need to start with one minute. 160 seconds. And then you can increase it maybe to five minutes, but 60 seconds of turning off all outside noise, getting completely alone, focusing your mind and heart on God. And and that could mean holding a Bible in your hands. It could mean visualizing just what you think Jesus might look like or the throne of heaven and focusing your mind and your heart and your attention and knowing, letting it in that he is God and you are not. Letting it in, just being, stilling your whole person and bringing to your conscious awareness the fact that God is God. What would that do for you if you were able to just do that for one minute a day and then increase that, like I said, to maybe five minutes or ten minutes a day? There's another verse in Psalms, and I might shoot, I can't remember where it's at right now. I'm gonna have to look it up really quick, but that says, In your presence is the fullness of joy. We've got evidence that spending time with God can give us the wisdom and the answers that we need. We've got evidence, scriptural evidence, that spending time with God can give us what we're asking for <laughs> like he can actually just give us what we what we need and what we, what we want if he wants to if it aligns with his will or he'll tell us what to do next we've got scriptural evidence that our fullness of joy now let me pause on that one really quick how many of you guys are lacking satisfaction in your life like you're looking around and you're going i've got i've got the life I've got the job or the money or the husband or the kids, um, like life is pretty good overall, to be honest. And yet I feel this weird depression or this weird anxiety or this weird emptiness or this weird ache to that. I would say that's because your soul, your, the deepest part of who you are is still made to be sitting with your king. It's not made for all those other things. Those other things are a blessing and they're good. They're nice. They're fine, but they are not going to quench your deepest thirst. Okay. They're just not. In first Chronicles 16, 11, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. We know that those who uh, I can't remember this first reference either, but those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. So now these are these are two different verses that have mentioned strength. How many of you feel tired and empty? I know I do sometimes. I mean, my work as a coach and as a speaker and just a helper of people, my i i give a lot of my soul and my strength every day and i can get very quickly i can get very drained i mean just like exhausted on the deepest parts of who i am can just get really empty if i'm not spending consistent time with the lord um but when i am prayer worship bible me alone with jesus He gives me strength that surpasses anything that sleep can do for me, right? Any amount, okay, I'm drinking my 60 ounces of water a day. I'm exercising. I'm taking all the vitamins. I'm sleeping really good. Still not going to do for my soul and my strength what the presence of the Lord can do for me. And I actually, I want to end with this thought worship (laughs) y'all private worship your soul was made for that too not corporate worship but like let's say you open the bible and you read a few verses that speak to your soul and you and you physically get down into a posture of, of submission you pray and you just tell god what's on your mind and your heart you be still for a moment and you, and you really, you ask God what you need. You, you confess any sin that's in your life. And what if you also, even just one song, one song, put your earbuds in again, be alone so you can like cry or dance or however you worship, but then just let your heart turn towards God and be thankful and be in awe of who God is. What do you have to do to make this a priority in your life what do you have to do to fit this in i'm serious if you're not doing it right now start with 10 honest to goodness minutes a day it will expand you'll fall in love with it and realize how it makes everything better and you'll expand it to 15 or 20 or 30 but friends knowing god is not the same thing as spending time with him Knowing of him is not the same thing as spending time with him. Studying him is not the same thing as spending time with him. Learning about him in church on Sunday is not the same thing as spending time with him. Are you spending time in the presence of God? This is my own challenge right now in life. (laughs) Like the Lord is so calling me into this. He's just not letting me get away with skipping anymore. He's, he's like, it is time to figure this out once and for all. It is time to get this right in your life once and for all, Rebecca, because your ministry, your relationships, like everything in your life has hit a level where it's not going to get any better w- with you trying to do it on your own strength. Everything in your life has hit a ceiling because you're often turning to me second or third or last instead of first. And it almost feels to me like God's like put up a little bit of a boundary with me. And he's like, I'm done. I'm kind of done with you using me or coming to me last. Now, he's always there. He'll never deny me, but he's calling me to deeper obedience. And I wonder if he's calling you too so that you can have more joy, so that you can have more power, so that you can have more wisdom, so that you can have more strength. As I'm working this out in my own life, guys, I have made it the first, <laughs> I've made it the the core foundational teaching, meaning the first month of the abundant life lab. Um, so take this episode by itself and go do what you need to do with it. But if you want to, if you plan on participating in abundant life, the Abundant Life Lab, which is the group coaching that I'm starting in January, just know, I'm just telling you guys right now, right up front, the first month teaching is going to be about this. How do we, and we'll have like a community accountability. And I'm going to tell you guys within the lab, I'm going to give you specific prompts and specific ways to do this every day. And then, like I said, we're going to hold each other accountable We're going to monitor how it really does affect our day, share our wins, and we're going to create a habit to start off the year. But if you guys want to make sure that you start off 2023 with this habit, make sure you join our group. Make sure you join that group coaching membership, okay? There is a link in the bio. I mean, I'm sorry, I always say that. There's a link in the show notes for more information about that if you want it. I love you so much and God loves you so much and you need him more than you need anything else. Let's all stop messing around, okay? See you guys next Monday.